It's been almost 100 days. It's been three months since we finally got back to recording the Jetcast. Dylan got a brand new mic, uh, but I guess I should introduce myself. Uh, I am Dante DeSantis, one of your co-hosts. And I am Dylan Gagan, a.k.a. the owner of NY Jets Fans Only. Yeah, we're uh, still pretty rusty trying to get this intro going, um, especially since it's been a long time recording. Uh, Dylan finally got a brand new mic, which was the main issue. The other issue was uh, being lazy. And so since we're, you know, have this big time difference, three months, we're switching up a little bit. Uh, we got a new intro because every single time we posted anything, everyone hated on our intro. And uh, looking back, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. But uh, okay, I agree. The intro was a little much. Um, yeah. There were a lot of bad comments, which I don't appreciate. But whatever. Uh, it's a it's a new time for the for the new Jetcast. Should probably mention that this is the Jetcast. Didn't say that. Uh, but like I said, we're rusty. So, along with the switch up of the uh, intro, me, uh, Dylan, and I decided we're just going to go with a more casual approach until we can finally get all this stuff down uh, and get back into podcasting. But I guess we should start with you know the timeline since we've been down. And the last time we posted, it says three months. I wonder if I can get an actual date. Uh, well, as soon as DeBrickashaw left, so that's how long it's been because our last podcast was episode eight. Goodbye, DeBrickashaw. Uh so, should we, we start with a draft? Episodes. Say it again. I didn't realize we did eight episodes. I thought we had like five. Well, we had actually more because we did the five and a half, and then I think we had four and a half or something. But, uh, yeah, whatever. We're we're like actually legitimately like ten episodes. Whatever. We're I'm done with that half stuff because we can't even get enough episodes in as it is. So, we're done with the half stuff. We were on episode eight. This is episode nine finally. Uh, and I was like I said, I'm thinking we just start back from the draft. What we thought of that. And then uh, it was pretty lame without that, especially without Fitz and all that. Well, you know, that whole the whole idea since we left was still the Fitz signing. But uh, I figured we can start with the draft, move on with Mo, talk about our expectations for camp. We have a cool announcement for camp. Um, but starting with the draft, what did you think? Actually, can you run down all the draft picks? Okay, I don't have anything in front of me, but I'm going to go off the top of my head. Wait a minute. First... Before you start, move a little bit closer to your mic. I, will, I, I have to tell you that because I can tell by the levels that we aren't we aren't doing this right yet. Okay. Is that nice? Yeah, that's way better. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, back to the draft. The first round pick was Darren Lee, a linebacker out of Ohio State. Dope. Pick. And then second round pick was quarterback Christian Hackenberg from Penn State. Third round, we went linebacker again with Jordan Jenkins out of Georgia. Fourth round, cornerback Justin Burris out of NC State. Fifth round was Brandon Shells out of South Carolina. We traded up for him, too, and then, right? Yeah, we made a trade. I don't remember the details. But then we didn't have a sixth round. And then our two seventh-round picks were Laclon Edwards. Uh, I think that's how you say it. I forgot, I forgot the college I went to, actually. It was a, it was was a small Austra- school. He was Australian, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then um, the final pick was the wide receiver, Sharon Peak out of Clemson. He was projected to go third round. Got to throw that in there. Um, yeah. starting with Darren Lee, which was you, I will give you credit. Didn't you think you thought Darren Lee months before, didn't you? Yeah. I was saying, I remember we talked about, um, the guys that were on our wish list or the guys we wanted to just draft and Darren Lee was my main guy. And I talked about how I really love his speed and what he could bring to our position. Yeah. I, uh, Darren Lee's speed. First of all, I mean, first thing about Darren Lee is that he's, what, what was this for? Was was it a four, four or four, five? It was a f- I, th- I just posted a video the other day. I think it was a four four six, and then he ran. Oof. 
Well, I don't remember. It's fast, though. First fastest of all, linebacker time. Yeah, one of the biggest issues on the Jets' defense for however many years was the speed. Uh, and Darren Lee comes right in and fixes part of that. Uh, and he also has, I mean, he gets to learn under Aaron Henderson and David Harris, uh, which is another awesome, you know, just a, another good aspect that isn't mm-hmm. thought of right away. But, uh, I mean, he's, what, a tackling machine? I mean, it, you can speak more on than I can because you loved him before. But, uh, I mean, he's he's definitely going to be a beast. Yeah, he's going to be able to um, cover a lot of the field at once. He's also, one of his big things is man coverage. He's really good in that. And that's something, especially for just linebackers, we haven't had in quite a while. Especially, we remember DeMario Davis. He was just awful. And Darren Lee will be a nice upgrade to cover the tight ends and even running backs coming out of the backfield. Yeah, I, for for however many years... Uh, there's always been the issue of the speedy running back that can catch ruining us, uh, like Dan- the Danny Woodhead types, because uh, we had David Harris mm-hmm. and uh, I guess uh, for lack of more people I can't think of, Bart Scott would be there, too slow to cover anyone. Uh, Demario Davis was there; he just was fast enough but couldn't cover. And then uh, the other yeah. the other issue was tight ends. We've always had issues with tight ends, uh, and Calvin Pryor can only you know take out so many because I mean he's only six foot when we have these six 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 seven tight ends I mean they're gonna mess mm-hmm. us up especially if they're faster anyways Darren Lee great addition uh in that first round uh, I'm trying to think back of who was left and I and I I hate to admit it but I saw Paxton Lynch there and I was like I was there was this part of my brain where it was like it was being rational it was like you know what we can't we shouldn't take a quarterback might be a bit of a reach uh <clears throat> But mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, man, would it just be nice to have a first-round QB and, like, you know, let all this talk of Fitz go away. Uh, but I, I can't really remember. Who else was there that we were thinking of? Well, I remember back a lot of people on my um, Instagram were telling me that they wanted Miles Jack, who slipped down a lot of draft boards due uh, to that yeah. knee injury. I mean, I mean Darren I would, Lee and Miles Jack aren't, Miles Jack and Darren Lee aren't too dissimilar anyway, right? I mean, they're, like, they're, uh, they're both speedsters. I mean, Miles Jack is a little bit more... Uh, I mean, I guess you could say better. I can't think of a better word, but uh, I guess he was more. Uh, what am I looking for? Uh, he he seemed that he would translate better, but that knee injury, that knee was it ACL? Um, I don't remember. I think it was what ACL. it was. But I mean, but like, knee injury is what drops. He's healthy. He's like healthy now. I think it's like teams were worried about his longevity and how long he'll be able to last in the league. Like, he'll be good for, like, maybe the first two years, but people are worried he won't last very long. Yeah, they were saying that if you want a guy for the first, you know, for his rookie contract, you have a pretty good rookie, but after that, no one knows. Um, but, I mean, there was really, of all the people left, it, this hit, you know, uh, what's it, it hit uh, value. It was definitely, I mean, it was perfect value, 20th overall. We took Darren Lee. Uh, I hit a need because uh, past David Harris and Aaron Henderson, we have Jamari Lattimore. Is that who's left? Uh, no, he's he's gone, actually. Oh, he's gone? Who's even, who's yeah, but even behind They didn't him? bring him back. Let me think. Um, we have David Harris, Aaron Henderson. I remember we signed Bruce Carter oh, from Bruce the Buccaneers. Carter, that's right. I'm trying to think who Bruce else. Bruce Carter's a solid depth, too. But he's oh, Taiwan Jones as well. Oh, yeah, Taiwan Jones. I mean, Undrafted. we might have been okay, but nowhere near no one near, nowhere near as safe and uh, nowhere, nowhere as bright a future with Darren Lee. Um, yeah, I really like um, the young core that they're building on the defense now, especially at the linebacker position with Lorenzo Malden, Jordan yeah, Jenkins, and, and Darren Lee now. A, another later pick was Jordan Jenkins, but uh, second round was definitely the most controversial, uh, with a lot pissing a lot of people off, to be uh, more specific. Uh, Christian Hackenberg out of Penn State was very was projected to be like a number one overall pick, projected to be fantastic. His first is his freshman year with Bill O'Brien. 
Uh, and he had who was a wide receiver. Oh, Allen Robinson was there, and he had a solid team, solid coaching, and he was pretty fantastic. But past two years, he's looked pretty raw. Uh, kind of just fell off a bit and really worried a lot of people. Uh, and it, they were freaking a lot of people out before the draft because they were saying he would look like like it, some teams wanted to take him first round. We ended up taking him second round. Uh, I looking at it, there were a few people that might have been better picks. But uh, at the same time, I mean, if if a GM and a head coach like a QB and it fits somewhere around his value, I mean, it's it can't. I don't. I wouldn't qualify it as a bad pick personally. Yeah, the thing that a lot of people are um, confused about is that the Jets took Bryce Petty in round four just a year ago. So now, what do you do with both Petty and um, Hackenberg? Are both supposed to be project QBs? You can only really get one of them, and it's got to be Hackenberg to be honest, because I mean, they're not going to spurn a second rounder for a fourth rounder. So, I, yeah. I mean, See, Bryce Petty's future is up in the air now. Yeah, dur- I totally agree with that because during the draft, uh, I was kind of hoping if we did draft a QB, if it wasn't uh, Paxton Lynch first round, we would wait until third round because, I mean, you could have a battle between a third and fourth. And unless Petty, like, really shows up and breaks out in camp, uh, there's, like, no way he can supplant Christian Hackenberg just, just based on uh, – like the this the stigma of a second round pick is like that's too high to not invest you know part of your future into, and uh, especially in New York. I mean, it's like that second round pick was amplified because it's New York. So I mean, Christian Hackenberg, he's sort of uh, unless Gino, you know, he was. I mean, Gino was second round pick, and you saw how much everyone invested just their own their own like uh, projections and thoughts into like that's what Christian Hackenberg now has to you know hold up to, uh, and Christian Hackenberg could beat out. Gino, but you know uh, that's a whole different situation. But uh, I mean, Petty—it it sort of makes you think. It makes you more nervous about Petty. If they do end up re-signing Fitz, you know, Petty might even get cut, which is a shame because I did like Petty. Yeah, I, mean, I, re- I don't see them keeping four quarterbacks on the roster, so Petty would most likely be the one to be out. Yeah, unless Petty shows up, Hackenberg's doing—you know—decent. I mean, there's no way they cut Hackenberg, obviously, but. If there's if Petty's doing well, they might carry uh, they might carry four, and that's assuming they they take the bring back Fitz. Uh, but Petty would really have to show up, and of course with Fitz. But uh, who is uh, third? Uh, was where, who was he? Where was he from? Um, Jordan Jenkins is from Georgia, the Georgia. Bulldogs. Is it Georgia University of Georgia? I remember I I made a post about him being drafted, and someone corrected me because I said like Georgia University or something. I think it's the University of Georgia. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Jordan Jenkins is another addition to the you know linebacking core, like Darren Lee, where it's just a perfect like not a perfect it, it's a future it's finally since I've been able to be like a, a um a, a follower like a long a, a very invested follower of the New York Jets where I'm uh you know watching every game checking all the stats all that stuff we've never had young people in the linebacking core uh, besides Quentin Copels uh, mm-hmm. but you, we all know that worked out anyway. Uh, we haven't been able to, you know, see young and you know have see young players and have a future in the linebacking core, which is really exciting because it's literally three linebackers. So, and you know, in this defense, it's pretty set. Yeah, um, and a lot of people talk about how um, Jordan Jenkins' running mate Leonard, Leonard Leonard Floyd, who went first round, eleventh pick to the Bears, I believe, he got the shine while um, Jordan Jenkins did all the dirty work and didn't get as much credit. A lot of people are saying that. What am I trying to say? Like that could be Lorenzo and him. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I just said. I part. mean, if I think I, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to speak for you, but I think you mean 
Jordan Jenkins did a lot of work where if he was on another team, maybe he would have been projected higher because he would have got more attention. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't even know what I just said. All I know is that he did a lot of dirty work and All we know Winterfoy is got Jenkins, more of the credit. Yeah, Jordan Jenkins is a badass, and we can expect I, – I think – uh, we can project him as a starter. I mean, I don't want to speak too soon for him, but based on the linebackers in the current, you know, for you know that the depth chart, I think that he's gonna be a starter. Lorenzo's gonna start, and Darren Lee will at least get near starting numbers in a three-four. You know, uh, unless I, I mean, mean Aaron, I think Henderson, Aaron Henderson will split. Yeah, exactly. So I think they're all gonna get a very solid amount of playing time this year. You know, sans injury, but. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty excited. This this linebacking core is something to actually be excited about, especially when you add in it's you know Jordan Jenkins, Lorenzo Molden, Darren Lee, and then yeah, you add in all the younger players around them: uh, Leonard Williams, Sheldon Richardson, uh, Calvin Pryor, and then I mean younger corners and everything. I mean, it, there is a lot to be excited about when it comes to the future of the New York Jets defense. Uh, whereas in the past few years, it's like only been Mo Wilkerson to be excited about, and then there was like you could put a bunch of false hype into Quinton Copels, but no one was really hyped about him. Uh, I mean, except for, you know, as soon as he was drafted, but I mean, it, it's really exciting. Like I'm, I'm more of an offense minded, you know, fan, but defensively it's, it is exciting. It's also a big plus having a guy like David Harris who has been in the league for so long just to have him mentoring the young guys is going to be huge for them. Yeah. Having they, someone that really knows the game. Yeah. And they have, I mean, that's what, like we were saying earlier with Darren Lee, uh, like they have a good, you know, a good leader in Dar- David Harris, who's just been a long-time Jet. And then Aaron Henderson went through a lot of stuff where, like, he he overcame it. Well, you know, I guess we can't uh, speak so much on that. But he overcame, so far, what seems, you know, a tough issue. And, and he came back. And, it, I mean, that's a great person to be around younger players and show that, you know, it, that messed him up. He can show that and uh, not to get into that stuff. And then, you know, show that he, he came out of it stronger, but you should never be there, you know. He, he was a great player, mm-hmm. and he fell. But... Uh, he's back for sure. Because, I mean, he was doing well towards the end of last year. Yeah, ended up planting Demario Davis towards the end of the season. Yeah, it I definitely was. I'm good. I, I hate to – I mean, like, Demario Davis is a good guy, but I'm really glad that we don't have to see him around on the defense anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Who is next? Corner, right? Oh, uh, yeah, fourth-round pick Justin Burris out of NC State. Uh, yeah, Justin Burris is – he's like uh, – he's one of the new, new age corners, like the tall, sleek, and strong corners, right? He is a physical guy. Yeah, six foot. Uh, I'm pretty sure six foot. Uh, he might be closer to six one. I don't know. Anyway, he looks like he's gonna be like with the. I mean, they definitely need a younger corner because what are the young corners? They have Dex McDougal, uh, who no. I mean, I don't even. That was an Isaac pick, so that's how much we know about him. Uh, we have obviously Durrell. We have Buster Screen. We have another young guy, Marcus Williams. Pretty exciting. I mean, I I personally love Marcus Williams. I'm very excited for him. But the only other young draft pick mm-hmm. we have is D Milliner. And so Justin Burris could actually get like playing time this year. Yeah, I think he can. Um, if he has a good, solid um training camp in preseason, I think he can find his way into the lineup yeah, and get a few reps. For a fourth game. round pick, he has a lot of value and can actually contribute like a, a good amount this year. I'm I'm really excited about Justin Burris, and uh, unless you have more to say on him, that we did trade up the next round. Mm-hmm. So, we didn't even have a fifth round pick. Yeah, we did. I think. I think. I know you said earlier you don't. I, I you don't know the details of the trade. I think we traded our sixth and then something next year to move up in the fifth round. Yeah, yeah we, we got. Didn't have a fifth round pick originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't have a fifth round pick, and then yeah, then we lost our sixth round. But we got Brandon Shell, 
what school is it virginia or something uh south carolina oh i was way off south carolina brandon shell uh i was i remember see like i'm rusty i can't remember quite a lot about brandon shell i remember looking up stuff uh and they don't think he'll mm-hmm. project a tackle but uh i mean i think they based on draft reports and everything it looks like he's gonna be a guard and he has a lot of run blocking ability and he could actually um at the very best case scenario, he supplants uh, Breno Giacomini this year. Uh, you know, the, the the most likely case is that he sits and, and you know swaps in at guard a little bit. But uh, I mean, he has a lot of potential too. I mean, obviously McCagnan. I mean, I'm I'm pumped just about all his draft picks. But uh, these it's weird seeing later round picks, fourth, fifth rounds, where like where we can actually get excited about them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, do you, you have more? I mean, he was um yeah, good. I mean, he's been a starting SEC tackle for like the most of his career in South Carolina, and playing in the SEC, you know, it's a tough conference. So you know, he's he's got talent. He's a, for a fifth round pick to he be able to be a starter in that conference for that long. He's a really strong run blocker. He's able to take the guys downfield with ease. Yeah, I'm I'm and, very um, I'm I'm pumped about these later round picks. Uh, wait, who's who's after Brandon Shell? Two seventh rounders after Brandon Shell. Yeah. Oh oh, punter, and, um, Lachlan Lachlan Edwards. Edwards, the punter. Yeah, he was from Australia. I I don't can't, I can't remember the school, um, but I mean this is uh, this is definitely something we needed because Quigley was was struggling at certain points of the year, especially I mean before that we definitely needed to draft a punter. Never did because we had Idzik. Um but Lachlan Edwards apparently is like ridiculously he has a ridiculously strong leg, um, and it'd actually be really nice to I mean every once in a while Quigley just punts this up and it's like a twenty yard punt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no, uh, one of the. Okay. Um, <laughs> ahead, one, one of the um, underrated um, battles in training camp this this year is going to be the punter competition because, as you know, we drafted Edwards and we also signed a very talented punter out of Utah, Tom Hackett. He's another. So those two. He's Australian too, right? Yeah, a lot of people actually wanted them to just to draft him in the seventh round, but they ended up going to Edwards and then signing Hackett. So those two are going to battle out for a starting position. So we don't know. If Lacan, Lacan Edwards will make the team, but he's gonna have to compete for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's it, again, it's just nice to actually be able to, you know, see a late round pick and, and have value in it. Uh, but also, I should probably say the issue we always have when recording this podcast because we, we recorded over Skype, so you know we're not in person. Uh, it can be the issue of knowing when to talk. So uh, excuse us for that, and also you may want to back away from the <laughs> anyway. Next pick, I'm ex- I'm I'm very excited about what I mean. I said that 18 times, but uh, it's I'm anxious to be excited about a receiver because in the past few years we had like Shaq Evans, Jalen Saunders, um, but Sharon Peak out of Clemson was projected to be a third round pick. Uh, he's a big bodied, uh, just physical receiver that's going to be able to learn under Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. He was kind of over- he was kind of overshadowed at um, Clemson because you know they're a really good wide receiver school. They had guys like. Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, and Martavis Bryant outperforming him. But yeah, projected third-round pick somehow fell all the way to the seventh round. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, with Clemson and their wide receiver factory, and we've seen, you know, uh, with Sammy Watkins from there. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Martavis Bryant I was thinking of. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they just have a machine for wide receivers there. And so far, they've all been pretty talented. Mm-hmm. Martavis Bryant, uh, always, he's very talented, just has a few issues. But... Uh, I mean, with that factory, I mean, it's it's nice, it's it's awesome that we got a wide receiver coming out of there, and uh, one that was projected to go real high. And you know, we don't know the details of why he fell, um, 
but that should be, you know, that's another player to watch in, in camp. And I remember I tweeted that out of the NY Jets fans only a little while ago. Was uh, I was pretty pumped to go and see him. Uh, or I wanted to hear a lot about him in camp. But that covers a draft, mm-hmm. finally. I'm sure uh, everyone that is going to listen to this has already, you know, heard a lot about the draft. Obviously, because we're three months late. But really the only other news in this entire uh, offseason is the Geno Gino and Fitz, and then Mo Wilkerson. Mo Wilkerson finally got his contract. You got the details on it? Uh, it was, um, I believe, I'm going to talk my head. It was five years, $85 million, I believe. I'm, I'm pretty sure, and then he had, it, um, but I was afraid to say it. <laughs> yeah, he had, um, I believe, 53 or $54 million guaranteed in the first three years. Yeah, and I mean, for a player of his caliber, and, and I, 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 uh, I, I dumbed, or I, I was, I was going to say I dumbed down his, his uh, ability earlier in one of the podcasts but uh i mean wilkerson is a great player to have i never denied that i was just i simply said we can't give this guy von miller money because he's not you know that type of player where he's gonna just take over a game and be this pass rush threat but we ended up getting him for a hell of a deal yeah if you look at all the defensive end contracts defensive linemen those most of them recently fletcher clocks fletcher Fletcher Cox, sorry. There you go. He had over 100 million in his contract. Yeah, 100 million, dude. And, and, and get Mo. Fletcher Cox is not on Mel Wilkerson's level. I don't care what people say. Wilkerson is the best 3 4 yeah. defensive end not named JJ Watt. JJ Watt's not even 3 4 DN. He's just like a, a, a amazing defense. I don't even know. He's, he's just, he's in a, on a whole different level than any other defensive player, maybe besides Vaughn Miller. Anyway. Mo Wilkerson is the best one besides him, and he's and it's not close behind Mo Wilkerson. I don't think Fletcher Cox has the same impact that Wilkerson does. Although you know Wilkerson has help from Richardson, and he had help from Damon Harrison. But I mean, I'm I don't know. I I just think five years, eighty five mil. It, it I expected such a higher number from another team that I was surprised. You know. Yeah, it's also just it's really nice to have one of the guys that you've homegrown talent. To give him a contract and keep him with the organization yeah, for the rest of his career. Like, we have actual yeah. you know, Jets where it's like, because a few years ago, like, man, it was all just free agents. Now we're actually drafting, building a team, and it's like, uh, you know, it, it's extra It's extra cool with Wilkerson because New Jersey born and raised, got drafted by the Jets, played, mm-hmm. uh, what do you play, Temple right next to New Jersey. Um, and then, you know, he's, he's staying with the Jets. So it's really nice to see that. And then I, it was also nice not to have to see him leave at, as well as Damon Harrison. So that was really cool. But, it's also uh, nice to have the, just have his contract talk out of the way. The last yeah. two or three seasons, it's been Mohamed Wilkerson contract over situation. Over and over. Yeah, and then in the next, what, two two years from now, we'll have to do that for Richardson over and over. Yeah, but um, I read something about how they, uh, they, um, they did the contract to where they'll be able to Resign Leonard Williams and Sheldon Richardson when, Richardson when the time comes. So that's a positive as well. The, one of the coolest aspects of this is that for the next two years, no debate, we have Richardson, Leonard Williams, Mo Wilkerson. And that's the, the best defensive line in the league. And and you tag mm-hmm. in that we have Steve McLennan there. That's pretty awesome. Because Steve McLennan's not... He's no like average player. Steve McLennan's not bad. I'm from Pittsburgh. I've seen him play in person. Uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about him. I've done... You know, I've, I've looked up a lot of his... I mean, I, I've de- I've talked a lot about the guy. He's a good player. Uh, I think a lot of people un- uh, see that move and just overlook it. I, I think it's a pretty solid signing. Um, I think we even Jarvis Jenkins free agency. Uh, and Jarvis Jenkins is another hell of a depth player. Like this defensive line is is no. I mean, there's no poking holes in it. It's the best D line in the league. 
I mean, yeah, you I can agree. debate that some four three lines are better, but three four best D line in the league. Argue, uh, I don't know who I'd argue is better with a four three, but at best line in the league, arguable maybe. But uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm, I'm so pumped that we have those players all together for the next two years, no matter what. Um, and then, of course, I mean, I think we've talked about this every single podcast we've ever had. The only other news was the Fitz and Gino situation. And over the past three months, <sighs> nothing really has happened other than every single Jets fan opinion deteriorating of Ryan Fitzpatrick, even including myself. And I was absolutely infatuated with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I still like the guy, but he's finally starting to bother me in the way it's like, come on, dude, just sign the contract. But it's also gotten me a little hype for Gino. And I used to be, I used to talk a lot of crap on Gino, but. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's time to give in. I've tweeted this before. Uh, and, and it's time to, you know, I used, I gave him a lot of flack. I'm still hesitant uh, mainly because, I mean, he's not a bad QB and a lot of people want to, you know, tell you that he's not bad. You look at his past five games. I think you, you know, those stats, uh, Dylan, I, I mm-hmm. remember him pretty well, but, uh, I mean, he's a solid, the past five games we've seen Gino in, he's been, uh, an average to above average quarterback. And uh, I think a lot of people look back to his worst games when he was surrounded by a lot of terrible talent, a lot of terrible coaching. Um, but, uh, I mean, you've if you listen to this and you're a legitimate Jets fan, you've heard this argument 800 times for Geno's side. Um, I just, I'm, I'm still hesitant because of his, you know, the whole jaw thing. But who knows, maybe that was a, a, a complete outlier of, of Geno's attitude. But it, it worries you that he's like, uh, he he's going to be starting QB, and last year he he got into an argument bad enough to have his jaw broken by a teammate. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I just want this whole situation to be done with. I mean, when I when this offseason started, I figured Fitz would be signed within like the week. To be honest, everyone yeah. st- thought that that he'd just be back immediately, but it's been dragged out to this point to where like I don't really care what what happens, even if we sign him. I mean, at this point, I want Gino. I just want a result. I just I'm tired of talking about yeah, it. Honestly, it'll be nice to just see Gino play because it'll end. It it can end the Gino saga if he does bad, and if he does well, then we have Gino, you know, and we have a decent backup plan with Christian Hackenberg. Hopefully, of course. But uh, I mean, here let, let me pull up those Gino stats I was talking about because I mean they're they're surprising when you hear them because you didn't think that he was actually playing that well. But uh, and even this year he he did well again in the Oakland game. He had two picks, but I mean it's just part of the game. Throwing it up to Brandon Marshall, it's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know. Well, in the last five games, Gino has you know played. Uh, he has sixty five percent completion on one hundred fifty pass attempts, twelve hundred yards, eight touchdowns, and three interceptions. All of that adds up uh, to like an eighty seven passer rating, which is higher than the seventy four million dollar man Brock Osweiler. So if we're talking Gino, just like. Got in, played a few games, uh, and he never had any history. I mean, maybe he'd be like Brock Osweiler in that whole contract thing. I mean, it's. I think the only fair argument you can have is that you can't. You can't say Gino's a bad football player, but you also can't say he's a good player. Yeah. Also, he's been putting in a lot of work this off season. Yeah, you, you can see, see his, that through his Instagram, Twitter, all this. He's been putting in the work. He's he wants a starting job, and you got to consider the talent he has around him now. I mean. Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall is probably, you can argue, for the best wide receiver duo in the league. And also you add in Matt Forte, who is a receiving back that can line up in the slot. There's just plenty of weapons on this yeah, offense Walt for him Powell to thrive. Too, man. And, and, mm-hmm. and the other big guy, I'll talk about him in a minute, Jason Merrow, uh, he's coming back. So, I mean, he has he has the weapons. He finally, 
if if you are a Gino hater and you're just you're sick of hearing Gino, the silver lining to this whole situation is that you will either see the end of of Gino this year or you'll have a starting quarterback for a little while. You know. You also got to look at Shane Gelly's track record. Yeah. He's made bad quarterbacks look good. Yeah, I mean for for uh, what's his name Tyler Thigpen. So I don't even know if that's a Thigpen Thigpen dude. He made him yeah. almost a Pro Bowler. I mean he was good. He made uh, Cordell Stewart. <laughs> he made him a Pro Bowler. He couldn't even he could not throw. Um, I mean he was called <laughs> slash because he ran and he was like a wide receiver half the time. So I mean he has a great track record track record of making historically uh, you know making quarterbacks who have had issues and and not not necessarily fixing them but complimenting them to the way that you know he, he can run the offense well you can even say he's the reason that Fitz's look good because every single one of Fitz's good years has been with Chan Gailey. yeah that too and he made him look like a hell of a QB this year uh I mean mm-hmm. you, that's that's why although I am hesitant to say you know I, I want I'm excited to see Gino because I, I still want to see Fitz uh, and I'm worried about Gino and his leadership uh, I am I'm still excited to see Gino play yeah, especially with all the weapons. That's the biggest thing yeah, for me because he's been surrounded change. with poor talent his whole I career. Mean, Eric Decker. I mean, Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall are going to make a, a bad QB at least. You know, play play well enough to win a game. So, uh, I mean, I definitely excited to see him with a real offense. And of course, with Jason Merrow, dude. Jason Merrow has gotten jacked. Have you seen that picture he posted? Yeah, he has. He's big. Yeah, dude. He used to be like a like not flabby, but he used to just be like a, a dad bod looking tight end. You know, now he's like straight up like just ripped or at least it looks like it and uh he's been posting videos of him running around he he looks like he's ready to go i'm very excited to see what jason merrow has in him uh i don't think that the jets will use him that much just because it's chan gailey's you know he doesn't use tight ends that often but um with him and quincy and nunwa adding those like uh ripples into the offense or i guess you know what i mean I, you know I, I guess that's tr- what i'm trying to say is those dimensions of the offense where we have matt forte below powell and then we have uh, Jason Merrow and Quincy Anunwa. Like these, this offense is probably the most. This is the most dynamic offense the Jets have had in like the past decade, maybe longer. Especially in the red zone. I mean, all the height you have, oh, Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, the twin towers, and then you add in Jason Morrow, who's six five, six six. That's gonna be a lot of height. Just throw it up to Nanzo on, on fade routes and hopefully they come down with it. If if anything, if Geno struggles with anything, it the last thing will be red zone offense. He if we can get to the red mm-hmm. zone, we can be a successful offense. That's absolutely for sure. But we just hit our thirty minute mark and I think that's what we're gonna try to stick to from now on. Does that sound good to you? Uh yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, for me. thirty minutes sounds good to me because when we drag on with these thirty five minutes, forty seven minutes, I think the longest we have was fifty eight minutes or something like that. It just takes too much. We 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 end up dragging on about the same stuff. But uh, I think that was a, definitely a, a great podcast to come back with. Um, oh, the announcement. Dylan, you want to tell him? Oh, yeah. Me and Dante will be at Jets training camp this weekend on July 30th. Yeah, for some reason you want to meet us Meet us up. Uh, we can definitely meet up, talk about some football. Uh, I'm. This is the first time that Dylan and I will ever meet, and we've been friends for like, how long? Actually, what are we at now? Like two years? Is it two years or f- one year? I think it's almost two. It might be two. Yeah, it's almost two years now, and the first time I ever talked to you was doing your mock draft with like Brian Winters and stuff. So it's been a long time, mm-hmm. uh, and we're finally we're gonna meet there. Uh, I'm gonna meet. Uh, we're gonna meeting with the whole Jets fan media. You've already met them. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to meet those guys. I just I, I like what they do. Uh, they also have a lot of cool T-shirt designs. If if you haven't gotten any of their awesome T-shirts, I definitely suggest that. Um, but I definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to be back to podcasting, uh, and Dylan, you got, you got to plug anything? 
Um, I want to plug my YouTube channel again because a lot of people have forgotten mm-hmm. about it. It's the Jetcast on YouTube. I haven't really posted since I made the Jordan Jenkins highlight video. I mean, I've, I've started working on the 2016-2017 highlight video, but as you know, the Geno and Fitz situation still up in there. I mean, I don't want to make a highlight video with Fitzpatrick clips in it because then if he doesn't resign, it's just going to be pointless. So once that's all resolved, I'll finish the video and then upload it and let you guys know. Yeah, the videos, they get I, that's definitely one of my favorite uh, things that we've been doing. Uh, so even though I haven't made one in a while. What, is, is the Captain Pryor one the last one I made? I, I don't even know. Yeah. One of them. Maybe Quincy and known one. I don't know. I usually take the little guys and make those videos. Dylan sticks with the big stuff because he's just a far superior edit, uh, video editor. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is definitely, an, I think, a, definitely an awesome one to come back with. I think we talked well. Um, I think that we're going to be able to get back into this real well. I like the new structure, just being casual, and we're just, I mean, the new music is better too. And uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys don't hate on that one as much. But thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you in the next one. I guess not talk to you, you know what I'm saying.